Welcome to Holding Down the Fort, a podcast show dedicated to curating knowledge, resources, and relevant stories so military spouses can continue to make confident and informed decisions for their families. Because, let's face it, we know who's really holding down the fort. I'm Jen Amos, a Gold Star daughter, a veteran spouse, and your host for today's show. Let's get started. Welcome back. I'm really excited to get into this next interview, but before I do, I just want to let you know that there is one point in the interview that gets a little blurry, so I jump in there and uh, paraphrase that little section for you. So it won't take too long, but um, you'll hear me kind of jump in in the middle of the conversation. And one more thing before we officially begin, I just want to share that Holding Down the Four is brought to you by US Vet Wealth. While most financial advisors help you plan for retirement, we help you plan for who you want to become. You can learn more about us at usvetwealth.com. Also, during this time of COVID-19, we understand that community is more important than ever. And so I just want to share that US Vet Wealth is now going to be offering free action classes where you can join us virtually for 45 to 60 minutes to connect with like-minded people and even learn a thing or two. So if you're interested in being in community with us and getting to know me and my husband, Scott R. Tucker, and what we do with our company, or you're just looking to connect and find community or just hang out, uh, we highly encourage you to check out usvetwallet.com and check out our free action classes. All right, that's all I have to say. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy this next interview. Hi, everyone. Jen Amos here with Holding Down the Four podcast show. And I am excited because every time I get to do another show, it means that I get to interview another incredible person in our military community. So I want to go ahead and introduce you all to Kayla Aristivo. Kayla Aristivo is a Navy spouse and founder and president of Trails of Purpose Veteran Program. She is currently in her final semester of her master's degree program at Liberty University in pursuit of becoming a licensed professional counselor in the state of Virginia. She currently focuses on restoring wellness to the veteran community through equine-assisted activities and therapies. Kayla, welcome to the show. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no, it's my absolute pleasure, especially in the times that we are at right now. I just love being able to talk to just anyone. I'm not saying that you're just anyone, but I'm just glad that I have someone to talk to right now. And that happens to be you, Kayla. (laughs) I totally understand with a one and a half year old at home. It's a lot of little baby talk. So talking to another adult sounds really good right now. (laughs) Awesome. I love it. Well, Kayla, why don't we start with you sharing? How did you hear about holding down the fort? I know that we have a mutual friend, John McAskill. So I'm just curious to know, how did he bring it up to you? And how did that conversation start? And how did he, you know, get you to connect with us? Yeah, of course. So John McAskill is, he is actually on our board of directors for Trials of Purpose. I met him at a U.S. Naval Academy alumni kind of networking event, and we just hit it off right away because he's so plugged into Veterans Path, um, mm. and Veterans Path and Trails of Purpose have recently partnered because of our similar missions to serve veterans. And so he and I hit it off, and, and with his, I mean, I love his wife and his kids, and so He's like, if you know him, and I know that you do, like the best networker in the Mm. entire world, I'm telling you. 
he's just really good at putting himself out there and trying to connect with other people. He's passionate about that for sure. So he told me about you, especially with everything going on right now with um, the coronavirus and kind of being stuck at home. He's trying to look for things for the nonprofit to do still while being socially distanced. <laughs> yeah. And um, so he's like, you should reach out to these podcasting people. And, you know, Jen is amazing. And so that's kind of how we got in touch. Oh, I love it. And I have a, I have like a random story to share about John. So before we were given this executive order to stay at home, uh, my husband, mm-hmm. Scott and I, we had rented an RV through this website through called Outdoorsy, which is like Airbnb for RVs. And we took mm-hmm. it to Florida because I had a speaking engagement at the PodFest Expo there last March, or actually March right now, last day of March at the time of this recording. And it was funny because we met the owner of the RV. We met Rebecca. And the funny thing is that, yeah, (laughs) the funny thing is that when we came back, we were just like talking to her, which is like, oh, yeah, like we love your RV. It was amazing. And she was saying stuff like, oh, yeah, my husband and I are planning on like selling the house and we're just going to live out of this RV. And we didn't know this, but Rebecca's married to John. And so John was, um, I guess he was looking out the window and he was all like, he's like, honey, like, is that Scott Tucker? And, uh, (laughs) And she was like, yeah. And so he comes out and we're just like, oh, my gosh we were using your RV like for the last 10 days and we didn't even know it. And we like, yeah. And like, uh, you know, of all the places and of of all the, of all the RVs we chose, you know, like we had Mm -hmm. no idea, like we could have chose any other RV on this website, but we happened to to have chosen John's. And so it's just like, it's so funny, like how that happened. So thank you, John. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually almost curious. I I almost want to ask him like if his plans are changing or have changed because of, you know, COVID-19. But I guess that's a conversation for another time. Well, we've just been decided, my husband and I, that they're not moving. So even if they put the like a for sale sign up, we're just going to go every day and knock it down because we just don't want them to leave this area. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, that's that's funny. No, John seems like, uh, you know, Scott knows him more than me, but he's, you know, he really seems like a good people and he seems like that master networker and just really, really cool. And I'm so glad that he was able to connect us together. Mm-hmm. Well, Kayla, for people that are getting to know you for the first time, and I know things have changed given the COVID-19, but why don't you share a snapshot of your life, particularly what keeps you excited and busy nowadays? There's a lot going on. Like I said, I have an amazing husband, Kyle, um, the co-founder of Trails of Purpose with me. And then we have a daughter who is just over a year and a half old, um, but she's going on like 14, I swear. Um, and then I am 31 weeks pregnant currently with our second daughter. Wow. Um, I work part-time, uh, and then obviously he works full-time. Well, I kind of work part-time with the counseling and then part-time with the nonprofit. It's a whole lot of working, but we're pretty busy in our professional lives. And then here at home, we've got a little ho- a hobby farm here, so I have three horses. Um, I like to kind of say like two and a half sometimes because I have two and a mini. And then we have two pigs, two dogs. So we've got plenty to keep us busy every single day. Wow. Caring for the animals and, you know, babies. and (laughs) There's a lot. So with this coronavirus, it's really been kind of crazy because since I am considered high risk because of the pregnancy. My husband has been sent home from work, which is just a blessing to have him home. 
but you know, it is also a wake up call. Hey, you know, like we are high risk. Um, yeah. So trying to stay mindful of that, but also not live in anxiety. That's for sure. You know, I have a ton of family up in New York and, and right outside the city and, and they're kind of just succumb to this fear every single day. And it's definitely a bit more real for them as the hotspot pretty much of like the globe right now. Yeah. Um, but daily life right now is a little slower. Honestly, it's nice having him home um, and we can focus on doing more administrative things at home. Unfortunately, during this whole time period, Trails of Purpose has to stop mm. uh, because we are gatherings of more than 10 people and we are technically a recreational kind of activity. And we pushed it for as long as we can, but given the governor's most recent press releases, it's just at what point are we kind of going against authority? And so made a very difficult and sad decision to say, hey, we're just going to kind of postpone. I don't want to use the word like cancel. We're not canceling, we're just postponing. Right. Right. Until this all lifts off. So just kind of diving into more things that we can do at home and maybe trying to soak up all the last minutes of only having one daughter to chase around <laughs> over the next couple of weeks. So that's what's going on in our everyday lives right now. Wow. Although you've said that things have kind of slowed down, to me, it sounds like you have a lot of things to do, considering that it's not just you and your daughter and your your upcoming daughter, but also the horses and the pigs and the dogs. I mean, my husband and I, <laughs> we don't have kids, but we have this dog with separation and anxiety. And right before the coronavirus started, we actually put him into dog training to learn how to be alone. But it's like, okay, mm-hmm. we, we can't be alone with this dog because we have to, you know, we, we don't really have that option right now. Although we can still train to the point where we could leave him at home. But I'm just thinking like Mm -hmm. how much that's already a handful for us to like take care of this one (laughs) little creature that's not going to like give us a legacy, you know, (laughs) it's just this dog that we've like evolved our lives around. (laughs) No, he's really the glue and almost the bane to our relationship sometimes, which I'm sure a lot of people can say about their pets. So I say that, I say that out of love. (laughs) But no, it definitely sounds like you have a lot of things on your plate. And at least your husband is home. I think that's really awesome. And you're very fortunate to have that because I can only imagine, you know, the people that have to be isolated right now who don't have of anyone, you know, they're just by themselves. And I know one of my girlfriends, you know, lucky for her, she just got a puppy while her fiance is deployed. So at least, you know, she has that to keep her company. But, you know, my heart goes for people who are actually like isolated and, you know, don't have much to keep them busy. Right. And you watch these things on the news about the people who are uh, the elderly in the nursing homes or they're stuck and like they can't have their their children or their grandchildren come visit. And it's just so tough because you're like, quality of life versus risk of coronavirus. I mean, isolation does some crazy stuff to us as human beings. We are family animals. You know what I mean? Yeah. We were never meant to live alone, which is really at the root of Trails of Purpose, if I'm going to kind of go in that direction. But it's just quality yeah. of life around no, I- everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I I know that Trials of Purpose is currently on hold, but I do want to talk about the goodness, like the good work that you all have been doing with it. But why don't you share for anyone that is learning about Trails of Purpose for the first time? What is it? Like, what do you do? And why do you do it? (laughs) Yeah, of course. So we are a a 501c3 nonprofit. We operate as an accredited PATH International Center. 
So what that means, PASS is an acronym that stands for Professional Association of Therapeutic Horsemanship. So what that means is that we are a program that operates with a PASS instructor who has been certified and trained in all of the safety handling and abides by PASS safety standards and protocols of how to kind of operate with veterans or other populations in a safe manner that can be effective in a therapeutic or in a learning environment. And so we are a baby organization, to be honest with you. We incorporated with the state of Virginia last March, Mm -hmm. so about a year ago. Wow, I didn't even realize it's been a year. But we received (laughs) our tax exemption status. Not until like the end of April, because that takes a couple of weeks with the IRS. So we were officially a 501c3 somewhere in April. And then we built our, our little barn and, you know, put up our facility and got our horses by May. May 1st was the date. And then through the summer, we trained the horses to be therapy horses. And what that means is they have capabilities. They pass like serious screening to get through through this. Mm -hmm. I probably saw about 50 horses before I chose the ones that we have. Wow. Just based on temperament and just really being able to be a calming presence. And so they needed to learn how to be wheelchair accessible, really. Not for riding, but how to walk alongside a wheelchair, not be afraid of a wheelchair, not be afraid of a cane, be able to slow down and walk with somebody who maybe have a different physical capability, be at their pace. So Mm -hmm. that was throughout the summer. And then we started our first ever event was hosted on August 29th of 2019. Mm -hmm. So we went through until now. So it's been, I don't even know what it's about, six months, seven months, something like that. And so that's how we operate. We have a couple of partnerships that we have formed, which is how we have our participants. And we do have a working relationship with the Hampton VA, the medical center up there. Mm -hmm. So they bring their community living center, their inpatient residents if you will, come on out. They take a coach bus out a couple times each season. They need milder weather. So either the fall or the springtime, we don't have them out in the dead of winter or in the heat of the summer, just based on what they need physically. Mm -hmm. But they'll come out every, I think it's like every five weeks we have them scheduled in those seasons. And then we have weekly classes just for like community veterans that hear about us on Facebook, on social media, on, online, or through word of mouth. Um, so we service all branches. We require a DD-214, but you can be active or retired. And we are a co-ed, male or female. So we're not really exclusive to any one type of sector within the military. We recently formed a working relationship with the Navy SEAL Foundation, and although coronavirus has kind of put those events on hold, we do offer specific kind of workshops or retreats to special warfare. Mm -hmm. So we kind of serve as a whole broad spectrum, but at the end of the day, we are a a veteran program. Yeah. so we've had some people ask, hey, we love what you're doing. Are you going to do it with kids or at-risk youth? And although I love them and my heart goes out to them, veterans are such a specialized group that I really believe that you have to be solely focused on them to serve them the best that you can. And that's just my belief. So yeah. 
Trails of Purpose will forever be a veteran, a military-focused organization. So, yeah, that's how we operate. We do bring occasionally caregivers in or spouses in or children of the veterans in. So we we are family-friendly. But in terms of every week classes, we are 18 and older, kind of for insurance purposes and whatnot, and to keep the environment more therapeutic. Um, That's kind of the backstory of how we got to where we are. And then what we do is we offer right now classes, well, we would, (laughs) if we weren't (laughs) kind of postponed. Right. Uh, We were offering, and we will continue to offer at some point, classes twice a week. And once is we meet in Chesapeake, and then once we meet in Virginia Beach, we have two different locations that we meet at. And those classes are about three hours long. They start with kind of like a coffee and donuts social hour where all the vets kind of get together and chat and catch up about their weeks. And then we will move into working with the horses. So that usually starts off with some grooming of the horses, and then we'll go into a meditative moment, kind of just mindfulness exercise to get everybody back grounded from socializing for the past hour and get everybody kind of focused to ready work on what we're going to do for the day with the horses. And they'll do the exercise with the horses, whether that be a challenge course or um, teamwork stuff. We do some teamwork things where you can have a partner or you're working in a group of four to try to accomplish a task with your horses. And then after that, we kind of clean up and move into lunch. We always serve a community meal together. And that's when everyone gets to really sit down and volunteers and participants alike and just chat about what they learned for that day or, you know, things that they're going through. And honestly, Jen, that is the most important part of Trails of Purpose is that community meal afterwards. Mm. Um, We love our horses. They're amazing. I just, trust me, I love them. (laughs) But... (laughs) We are after a community and we partner with horses in doing that, but the community piece really happens around a table with some food on it. And you just see the conversations just blossoming um, because you've had their guards be let down because they've been working with horses and they've been working together. And so they're outside in the fresh air and then you put them around a table with some food and naturally these conversations just blossom. It's really, really cool. Oh, that's beautiful. I mean, yeah, there's a whole process of, you know, training them up and getting ready to be the horses and then being with the horses. But then the community aspect, I can only imagine like how rewarding it is to, you know, be a part of that and to witness that. Because I think it's common knowledge for all of us to know that one thing that veterans tend to struggle with after, you know, in post-military life is a sense of community. You know, they don't have the same type of community that they did when they were in the service. And so I think that's really awesome. I can imagine, like I said, like how rewarding it is to witness that and to create that space for veterans to feel like they belong to something. Yeah, I mean, we train them to literally go through boot camp, go through indoctrination and learn that your brother, your sister is all that you have and that you got their six no matter what and that nobody gets left behind, that if you're operating as a unit, you need each other. And so we expect them, as society, the government, the military, we expect our military personnel to operate in that headspace. And then they either retire or they're finished with their service time. They come back or they're discharged. And now what? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, right. oh, where's that community coming from? And it's just this feeling of like, well, nobody really gets me because, yes, I'm trained for community, but I'm not trained for community mm. just like everybody else. It's a very specialized type of community. 
so you're so right. That's feeling of isolation. And although I haven't walked in that that piece in terms of leaving the military or anything of that nature, you know, I, I do know that isolation can do it to a person. And so to have people who are your type of people, that's incredibly important. Yeah, absolutely. So Kayla, it sounds like you went through a lot to make this nonprofit possible just to get accredited to become a nonprofit to have a board. I think that it takes a lot of passion, you know, to be able to put something like this together. And so I'm curious, like, why was this so important for you, you know, to have this type of nonprofit that focuses on veterans specifically? So I'm a believer, and I can really just say that this is all divine. Hey, everyone, Jen Amos here. So this next portion is going to sound a little blurry. So I'm just going to paraphrase what Kayla had said for all of you. And I'm going to keep it in anyway, just for your listening pleasure. But in this next portion that uh, she says that she considers herself a believer, and she really believes that all of this was divine. She never woke up one day and thought, I'm going to do this. And uh, she felt like she was being led through to this point. So if we're really getting to the nitty gritty about why she started Trails of Purpose, it starts when she was eight years old back in 2001 when she lost her father in the terrorist attacks in 9-11. Since then, it's been a lifelong process for Kayla to get to where she is today with Trails of Purpose. All right, hopefully that helps paraphrase it for all of you. And uh, like I said, I'm going to keep the audio in anyway for your listening pleasure. I never woke up one day and like, oh, I'm going to do this. It was obvious I was being led through to this point. So I guess if we really want to get to the degree of that question, it starts when I'm eight years old. 2001, lost my father in uh, the terrorist attack on 9-11. It's been a lifelong process for me to get to where I am with Trails of Purpose. I never necessarily woke up one day and said, this is what I'm going to do, or this is the business I'm going to create. It certainly wasn't in my plan to start a nonprofit with a one-year-old or whatever and, and mm-hmm. in the season of life I was in. And honestly, I mean, it was a lot. <laughs> but, you know, when I was eight years old, I lost my father in the terrorist attacks on 9-11. My father worked for Tanner Fitzgerald in the North Twain Tower on the 103rd floor. And so to be an eight-year-old and to have that happen, to lose somebody at eight years old just to it, it death in general is a confusing kind of concept because at eight years old, you're a concrete thinker. So you're either alive or you're, you're not, but there's this weird permanency that like isn't really quite with you yet when you think about the concept of death at, you know, eight years old. And so after my father had passed, I went through a really hard time because the grieving process for me really took about 11 years, to be honest, Mm -hmm. Um, because I just didn't understand what was going on. And so it was like, oh, at 10 years old, I started to go through the first stage of grief. And then at 11, 12, I went through another one. And then and then all of a sudden, and then throw that in with being 15, 16 years old and having normal like hormones (laughs) as a teenage girl. It was a really, really difficult time for me. It kind of led me through a series of depressions and, you know, medications and anxieties and, you know, eventually addiction and going through rehab and a whole slew of different mental health counseling. I was at rock bottom a few times. I mean, I don't put this out there all that often, but there were a few suicide attempts in my past when I was a teenager and I just didn't really have 
I definitely didn't have purpose and I felt Mm. really, really alone. Although thousands of other people died on 9-11, I grew up on Long Island, Suffolk County, Long Island. And so, you know, by train, it was probably, gosh, an hour and a half or something like that from the city. And so really, I think there was two people or two or three people in all of Suffolk County that died from 9-11 because they were mostly from the city, the five boroughs of the city or inside of New Jersey, a little bit in Connecticut, but closer to the city area. So Mm -hmm. I felt really alone. And when you go through something like 9-11 and you become a 9-11 victim, you've got a spotlight on you. And you don't just lose somebody in a car accident or tragically to cancer or in another really awful way. And as awful as those things are, the whole world doesn't know every detail about it. The Mm -hmm. whole world hasn't created conspiracy theories about it. You know, there wasn't every single year, you know, playing over and over again on 9-11, you know, the towers falling where you have to think, okay, that looks tragic, but also my father was in that. So it was really an interesting thing. And I don't even, it so became my norm that until I talk about it out loud, it still, it doesn't seem bizarre to me. And then I'm like, oh, that is really a weird thing Um, that I could go anywhere in the world really and talk to anybody over the age of, you know, 18 and they would know exactly what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it really put me in a vulnerable spot feeling like, I was isolated, but yet the whole world knew and had pity for me. And it was a strange thing growing up, being a child of 9-11, as some people have said. So I know firsthand what terrorism can do to a person. And so I liken it in the sense that I've never fought a war and I've never looked the terrorists in the eye, but I'll never forget their faces. Yeah, um, And I, I know what they can do to a family and an individual and just kind of that type of evil in the world and what it can do. So I became passionate about helping people overcome trauma and through a series of divine interventions was led to equine therapy and, and seeing that and how it works in, in the world and whatnot. And then I wound up volunteering with an organization called Horses Helping Heroes, and they were located in Smithfield, Virginia. Since then, they've kind of dissolved as a operating 501c3. But when that happened, I had known of all the participants in that program, and I said to my husband, like, what do they do now? Is that it? It's just done for them? Um, Mm. And so we prayed about it a lot, and we said, well... (laughs) Something we live by is our passions are only as good as our urgency. It's not really useful in life to be passionate about something and say, oh, I'll get to it when I have time. And Mm. because one thing I learned from 9-11 is we all think we might have time and we don't really all have that time. Um, Wow. When we have it, we kind of run with it. So, you know, we sold our house that we had bought for like 10 months at that time, lost a a good amount of money in that real estate transaction and purchased a new home so that we had the space to put all the animals on. And so a barn, three horses, a bunch of animals later, and here we are. Wow, Kayla. (laughs) That's, wow. I'm just... I'm just take. I need a minute to to take to take in just your story. Um, yeah, I I want to first just say I'm sorry for your loss. 
especially your father. I, I can understand that as well, because I had lost my dad when I was 10. And, you know, that mm. just the just the different stages of depression and, you know, like just questions that you go through in life. And I feel fortunate that like later in life, I was able to acknowledge my abandonment issues <laughs> yeah. and seek out help and uh, also get out of toxic relationships and uh, <laughs> all of that stuff. So I, uh, my heart goes out, uh, my heart goes to you and you're just a wealth of knowledge and you sound so introspective and, um, I love that you have essentially taken that pain and turned it into a kind of passion into, you know, doing this nonprofit and really advocating for people who've gone through trauma. And yeah, I just, I've never, I don't think I ever had a chance to speak to a child of 9-11. So I'm mm-hmm. honored, you know, to have this conversation with you and to have you share your story and see the good work that you're doing, you know, as a result of it, I think. Yeah, it's that's incredible. <laughs> I need a minute here to collect to collect my thoughts. But I yeah, I'm just I'm taken by your story. And I appreciate you sharing it. And this is why I like doing the show because I, I love I love to learn why people do what they do. You know, yeah. Heart, yeah, more heart and realness into their nonprofit because it's not just a nonprofit. You know, it, it's every it's your story. You know, it's why it's what got you to start the nonprofit that makes Trails of Purpose so meaningful. So thank you so much for yes. really sharing like why this is important to you and, you know, just just what you do for the veteran community. And although things are on hold, you know, hopefully the show will educate people so that when things lighten up or when things get safer again, that they will come to you and get involved with Trails of Purpose. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, so that's why I say it's, you know, it's an 11 year or no more at this point, 15 year kind of journey that it you've been on. Like you're saying, I mean, you understand you lost your father. You know, life is a series of what happens to us, but what we make of it afterwards. And so yes. I spent how long, you know, punishing myself for something that was done to me between, like you say, toxic relationships, bad coping mechanisms, drug addiction, whatever it is. And something probably so many veterans can relate to, right? We go through this tragedy and then the way we cope, we fill ourselves up with whatever it is. And, you know, at one point, someone was like, didn't they get enough? didn't the terrorists get enough of you? Why are you still living in this? And it was like, you're right. You know, what? And then I kind of woke up one day around one and I was like, I'm going to fight it. But like, we're going to make them pay for what they did to me by making the world better. And I'm a mess. I'm not saying that I'm I'm like the one who changes the world. I'm so introspective, Jen, because I've messed up so much in my life. Um, (laughs) I hear you. you. (laughs) I've had to reflect a whole lot on what I've done. (laughs) But I say that to be real and, and vulnerable. I mean, you know, that's what we have to do is somehow take what's been done to us or what we've experienced um, and say, I'm not going to let that get the better of me. And how I'm not going to let that is go forward and do good for somebody else. And that's what we try to pursue with, you know, Trails of Purpose as well, is that when they come through the program, once you feel like, hey, I'm on my feet and I don't feel like I did when I came in, great. Now, can you volunteer and mentor another veteran that comes through the door? Because they need you. Mm. And so it's this cycle, you know, but absolutely, you never know how our lives are leading us, right? Yeah. I mean, all you can do is, at least especially in today's times, now that a lot of people have time to reflect, 
<laughs> or forced to reflect. <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, there's no better time to reflect like where you're at in life right now. And like, if you're living a purposeful mm-hmm. life and if you're putting good out there and really right now, because we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, like we do have to right. live in the present and uh, decide right. like, am I going to put good out there or not? And, you know, mm-hmm. even though the nonprofit is not active right now, I mean, just the fact that you're still going out there and talking about it, like on a show like this, I think is you putting good out there and, you know, even in sharing your story and having people understand like why Trails of Purpose exists to begin with. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kayla, wow. I feel like we could talk forever. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we can, but yeah, we do have to wrap up. I do want to just thank you so much for your time. And do you have any closing thoughts for, let's say that there's a veteran out there that's never worked with horses. (laughs) What do you want to say to them that could be interested that you would like to invite to be part of Trails of Purpose? Yeah, well, that should not stop them. At one point, they never shot a gun before and they learned real quick. So uh, <laughs> horses, <laughs> horses are, I mean, they're a little more intimidating from what I've heard from the veterans because they're a live being. But that's what makes it challenging. So it's fun. Mm. So what I would say is come out, <laughs> inquire about us, go on our website, www.trailsofpurpose.com. Or send an email over to info at trailsofpurpose.com. And ask about signing up. We can send you a ton more information. Like I said, we only require a DD-214. We operate completely free of charge. Nobody pays anything to come to our classes. No veteran will ever pay to come to Trails of Purpose. And so I would say that. We do have introductory week where they can come in and learn about horses, horse handling, kind of basic safety. We're never going to put you in with a wild Mustang and say, go ahead and tame them. You know, like we are meeting (laughs) you where you're at. Um, So we make it challenging for everybody, but we're also aware that everybody in a group setting is some have horse experience, some don't, some are confident, some are not, some have different physical capabilities. So don't worry about the horse part. What I would say is more, do you want to engage in community? And that's like where we start. And then we worry about the horses. Um, That's what I would say to somebody. And then anybody who wants to volunteer, we are always, always, always looking for volunteers. We have like 30 something volunteers in our first year. And they're just amazing. Like a lot of veterans also volunteer. So they really get it. And they make this community that is just the coolest thing ever to watch. And they've all like become friends. It's just so cool. So I would say if you want to volunteer, if you want to participate, or you know somebody who wants to participate or volunteer, or you want to donate, (laughs) as I said, we operate free of charge. So as a 501c3, everything is tax deductible. And we don't operate without donations. So like your donation to Trails of Purpose is very, very tangible. It goes directly into our organization and our mission. So that's what I would say. Direct everybody to either trailsofpurpose.com or our Facebook is Trails of Purpose Veterans or info at trailsofpurpose.com is our email. So that's kind of what I would say. Don't be afraid because of horses or be turned off because of that. <laughs> Most right. Let's do community together. Beautiful. Beautiful. It just so happens that horses are involved. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Kayla, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk about Trails of Purpose and uh, more importantly, like share why you did it or why you chose to create it. And I also just 
am honored, you know, to be speaking to a child of 9-11. So thank you for sharing your story on that. And with that said, to our listeners, I want to thank you all for listening. And we hope that this episode has given you another piece of knowledge, resource, or story that can inspire you to continue to make confident and informed decisions for your family. Kayla, thanks again. Thanks so much for having us. Yes, absolutely. And to our listeners, thank you so much. And we look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Tune in next time.